Your will is strong Van Helsing. Welcome to Bossy Britches. Today is our uh, special spooky continued Halloween coverage with uh, with Lisa Schinninger and I'm Julia DeMay as usual. And also with us this week is Carrie Lambeth from Plains, Trains, and Plantagenets. Hello, Carrie. Glad to have you. Thank you very much for having me. All right. We're very excited. You're our first guest. Yes. It's very exciting. Yes. We're going to be, and uh, as promised, or should I say, scary Lambeth in honor of our Halloween uh, episode. Keep, keep going and we'll go through all of my elementary school names. Oh, all right. <laughs> See, there we go. I was I was just going for Halloween, but unless you have a better one. That's what I like about Twitter at Halloween. It turns into, all of Twitter turns into a Simpsons Halloween episode. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, and uh, as promised last week, this week we're going to be discussing uh, Dracula, and we're going to be talking about Dracula in general in pop culture, but also about our rereads of uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula in particular, Um, and then we can toss out any variations on the myth that we have uh, consumed recently that we'd like to share our feelings about. So, let's see. Um... Carrie, would you like to start? Any opening thoughts you'd like to share on Dracula? Um, oh, so many. Um, this, I, so I'm only about halfway through. I should, I should clarify. So, uh, you know, don't, don't remind me of the ending because spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. Um, the hilarious bit where Lucy keeps having uh, sort of people propose to her, and she's like, "Oh, great, another one." This is the best Wednesday ever. Um, I just, I best find worst. extremely charming. Uh, she's, yeah. she's so kind of enthusiastic. And uh, I think that a lot of the book is about um, boundaries and sort of enforcing social boundaries. And you've got these, uh, you know, scary like foreigners who are transgressing mm. boundaries and the boundaries between living and dead and da da da. Mm. And Lucy's just like, all right. Yeah. Gosh, I wish sure. I could marry all three of them. What a, what a disappointment. <laughs> Um, yes I'd, I'd forgotten about that part but i just found that extremely charming yeah i like lucy a lot in general i am i just find her to be a really fun character mm. and uh let's see lisa any initial thoughts you'd like to kick off with well i was just thinking um i'm only about halfway through my reread too i did it <laughs> really fast on the plane and probably not paying enough attention Ugh. but um, I'm the only one who's done the reading, apparently. <laughs> that, is, that is correct. I did rewatch the the 1992 movie, the Francis Ford Coppola movie, which um, I've seen a ridiculous number of times. But the thing that got me about the book was, like, what was it like reading this for the first time and not knowing who Count Dracula was? Mm. You know, you're following Jonathan as he's traveling deeper into Transylvania and you're wondering what's going to be happening. And you have no idea, like, how exciting it must have been to get that reveal at the first time. Like, that was interesting because obviously, you know, it was very much a continuation of you know the big gothic craze at the time so it was just a a gothic novel so you had some idea of like "Uh uh-oh shit's gonna get crazy Mm -hmm. there's gonna be spooky stuff happening but yeah without all the baggage of like dracula attached to that name um i was really struck and carrie you mentioned this a little too i really liked this time through how surprisingly funny it was Mm. and a lot of that admittedly was I you know I I was kind of poking around online trying to find things to say about it and I ran across this conversation where people were like it was just so boring and there were these weird parts and I somebody mentioned you know somebody mentioned Dr. Van Helsing and they were like he was so weird and irritating and I just ended (gasps) up hearing hearing him his voice like I imagined him being Grandpa Simpson and that's the way how is that how is that a negative exactly I was like well that's a bad thing that's That's the perfect you're supposed to he's this weird I mean I was like well a big part of Victorian humor was a lol foreigners and B, I can't remember, 
people, well, poor people, basically, mm, right. people who speak weird, people who don't talk good, was a big part of Victorian humor. And sure enough, you have Dr. Van Helsing, and who is this crazy old mad scientist professor type guy who doesn't speak English very well and is very, very foreign and Catholic, apparently. And then you have lots of hilarious poor people running around um, in London. So I'm like, a lot of this stuff, if it seems really weird and out of place, it's probably supposed to be funny. And once you've read a lot of, if after coming to it, after reading a bunch of Victorian and um, 18th century literature, I was surprised. I was like, oh, okay, there's a lot of comedy in this book, as well as the gothic stuff. Yeah, I, I totally agree. One of the things that um, st struck me again as funny this time, and um, which touches on a little bit what you were saying about sort of um, poor people and foreigners, and especially poor foreigners, not yeah. being regarded or being kind of played up for comic relief, is the bit when um, Jonathan is going up to the castle and everyone's yeah. sort of going, oh, that terrifying, scary castle here. Have, evil like, eye, evil protection eye. against the evil eye. And he's like, what an odd superstition. I'll have to ask my best friend, the Count, about that. <laughs> How quaint like, and so, charming. It's such an obvious foreshadowing. Uh, but Jonathan's just like, oh, how, how curious. What, what? Oh, English. Oh, he's oh, so he's English. <laughs> European. Yes. And he's not just English. He's very uh, Victorian middle class. Yes. English mm -hmm. as very, well. very bourgeois. <laughs> yeah. He's very, like, you can tell, you could see this being a white man's burden novel, basically, if it went in another direction. I think my favorite Jonathan Harker moment of the entire book, probably, is the bit where he, um, uh, Dracula's broken all of the mirrors and he's very yeah. cross because he can't shave properly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, how, how am I going to shave myself now? <laughs> like, really? That's your problem? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's your concern. Sure. Um, yeah, I really, I just, I reread this book every couple of years and I don't quite know why I like it so much, but I really do. Every time I reread it, I'm like, oh, that's a lot of fun. That is a very fun book. Um, I think that's something that's sort of not quite that got lost in a lot of the various adaptations and got that didn't quite get handed down. And now it's sort of Dracula's almost come all the way around. So people are like, oh, Dracula, let's make jokes about Dracula. Let's make vampire jokes. I'm like, there were a lot of jokes mm -hmm. in the original, guys. It's doing it all serious. That's really unusual. Yeah, I agree. It also um, moves very quickly. Like, I think mm. a lot of people think of gothic fiction as something that's big set pieces and very kind of slow and ponderous mm. and big houses. And But the action really, like, it moves very fast. The action is, is quick and the tension, um, you know, builds very quickly. Like, it's a really compelling read. It's not yeah. as slow as people think gothic fiction is. There's a lot happening mm. in this book. There's a lot that happens very quickly. Um, that actually brings up something I, I'm i curious, that I'd be very curious to see. And I, I meant to do this myself and just download a copy from Gutenberg, Project Gutenberg, where you can get it for free and just try to do this myself playing around in Word. I love Gutenberg. Yes. God bless <laughs> Gutenberg. What I would really love to see is a chronological order is this story told in chronological order because it is roughly but you've got a lot of overlap and you've got a lot of things happening at the same time so i would really like to see it can be and even for me it can be a little confusing to try to keep track of okay is this before or after this happened is mm. this before or after that so when there especially when there are several different people in different places talking about what they're doing yeah, or writing letters to each other and seeing when they arrive and that mm -hmm. sort of thing mm -hmm. um i do mm -hmm. remember um uh probably gosh this must have been like 10 years ago um in the heyday of live journal yes <laughs> there i i came across a live journal account that was posting each one yes. on the days that they were dated. i think i remember that yeah, yeah which was great but unfortunately i kind of came across it after it had already finished yeah so i just thought that would be a great or 
I don't know, maybe like an email distribution list or something. Yeah, that, sends that would you be the very interesting. As, on the days that they happen, because I completely agree. It's 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 close to chronological, but it's not quite. And it would be really fascinating to watch it unfold day by day as it is in the real. I mean, not real. The you know the chronology of the text. Yeah, yeah, it would be very interesting. Um, Lisa, you'd mentioned something before the call started, which was uh, the character of Jonathan. You have some feelings. I have, I have one feeling. Like I don't think he inspires too many feelings. He's just <laughs> every time I reread it, I'm just struck again by how boring he is. Like, yeah, like Carrie said, he's so bourgeois. He's just, you know, this thing happened and it's terrible. The end. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm oh, I'm being held prisoner. It's awful. Let me talk to you about paper. Like it's just I'm, he's <laughs> he yeah. takes everything in in stride he goes wild for a minute and then it's back to oh okay well i guess it's not that bad it could be worse what gets me about that like and it struck me this time was that there's like a couple of weeks maybe almost a month that he's there after he's figured out something seriously wrong here yes this this is terrible and between when he decides okay seriously i something's really wrong i'm going to escape there's like a month where nothing happens i'm like okay what happened during (laughs) that month i yeah yeah, where i'm like what okay like i understand i think it's um the end of may he writes a bunch Mm -hmm. he writes a bunch of letters and the count tells him he wants specific dates put on these letters and then for like three weeks he just disappears yeah, he just kind of does nothing. I'm like, okay, well, I guess we're not. And he mentions at the time, he's like, oh, I now know the span of my life. It's this big dramatic moment. Mm-hmm. Count tells him, put these dates on him. And then he's, he does nothing. I'm like, okay, well, okay. Why are you so relaxed sure. about this? Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, I just don't quite know what to do with that. Yeah. Like, really, bro? Really? And then, so I liked when the movie came out in 92, um, that they cast Keanu Reeves to be Jonathan. Uh, yeah. Because it is, works. he is, he does have that, that stillness, like, um, I could see that. Where you can, you can finally see that, yeah, Jonathan isn't going to be probing too much into any of this because, yeah. Keanu Reeves plays him perfectly. He's just sort of passively accepting these things that happen and, um, he's like, oh, I can't fight back. Oh well. Oh, I'm gonna lose my girlfriend. Oh well. Oh. But he doesn't. Tiana Reeves actually, I feel like, would almost bring a certain dignity to uh, <laughs> to Jonathan in that Did the regard. The words Tiana Reeves and dignity just pass your lips. <laughs> yes, yes, they would do. I because think... he, I feel like he plays that well. Yeah, he. That kind of. I mean, mar- mostly, I. I it's just you know okay blankness but and maybe it's weird like I'm very fond of Keanu Reeves. I am too <laughs> heard by all counts he's a delightful guy but yeah I'm just like that would be I feel like he could play that well and give it not quite depth I don't want to say it, it would be a little too generous probably to say give him some depth but mm. uh I I could see that working I feel like he would make me believe it yeah he d- oh I think he does things. in the movie he um, it's the only time I find Jonathan interesting is in the movie. Like in the book, yeah. I just, I he's the bulk of the narration to begin with, and you're just like, oh my god, dude, come on, let's <laughs> can we go back to London, please? <laughs> um, but in the movie, he's it's he puts a human element to it. Like you can see that mm-hmm. he is actually struggling with a lot of these things. Maybe not so much with the vampire sisters, but um, <laughs> he is putting up a little bit of a fight. Yeah, yeah. One thing I really like, and um, as I, I mentioned, uh, I'm also doing, I'm about halfway through now, a reread of The Historian. Oh, yes. Um, Elizabeth Kostova's The Historian, which I always have to follow Dracula with. Um, and one th- and I was looking for it, keeping that in mind that I was going to follow up with that. Uh, rereading Dracula this time, I was struck... Um, because one of the things I really love about the historian is that it's very much a travel book. Um, it's very much, there's a lot about uh, food, especially, mm-hmm. was what really resonated with me. A lot of just loving descriptions of food and of new places. Um, and that struck me this time in Dracula as well. Like, even in the very first couple pages, 
Jonathan's first entry, he's talking about ooh, this chicken dish that he had and how I have to get the recipe for Mina because it's so good and delicious. Um, and there's so much about we went here and looked at this and we went here and talked to these locals and ate this food. And um, it, it just I love that it has such a sense of place in all these places, mm-hmm. um, in Whitby and in London and in the wilds of Transylvania. Um, that was something I really enjoyed. Carrie, as I know you do a lot of uh, travel writing, so how did you, did you enjoy that? Was that something you yeah, found? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I think it's um, it's a, an interesting part of sort of the uh, Victorian Gothic uh, tradition is this mm. setting, uh, yeah, place settings that are outside what the reader will be used to. Mm. So, um. Uh, you know, this idea of that it's not just like, I, I, I think one of the things that makes Dracula, uh, the novel unusual is not the setting um, that tries to kind of evoke um, very foreign places in a way that is exciting and interesting for the reader, but that it plunks down a middle class Londoner in those yeah. places. Yeah. So it's not just about sort of the castle of Otranto and, and all the people in it, but that it's got a a modern quote-unquote like Mm -hmm. victorian solicitor going there and having these experiences so i think it's a lot it's a lot more of the um like i guess the modern day coming Mm -hmm. into these romantic with capital r old places and and doing modern things at them like you say like oh Mm -hmm. i'll have to get the recipe for this instead of just going ah the taste of these exotic spices was so that he tries to catalog it and yeah yeah um it's strange because it also that works the other way around too it also takes these strange scary foreign obviously it's victorian um (laughs) but supernatural things and brings them into London. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You've got these like, oh, wandering around, you've got, you know, all these newspapers talking about the attacks by animals and all these just wandering around in row houses, so-and-so's family, and oh, we're going to have to break into this house, so we'll need uh, Arthur, Lord Godalming, to help us with that so he can, you know, keep the constables away. And um, that it takes that and brings it into this very, you know, it takes this creepy, unsettling, gothic thing and tape puts it into the middle of the reader's world at that yeah. time. Yeah, the theme, like, um, uh, I, this t- reread, I was picking up on how much um, Mina is kind of cataloging and typing yeah. and recording. And it's a very, yeah. yeah, like you say, it's a very kind of modern for then, um, v- like version of people trying to cope with this old world perceived mm. supernatural, um, th- that it's, it's sort of the... What I think is a theme of a lot of um, supernatural media, even today, which is people trying to use modern methods mm. to make sense and catalog yeah. mm-hmm. supernatural things. Yeah. Um, I guess that's an interesting question, which is, does it work? Um, is it more that I, because I see it as sort of modern it's a story of, you know, these modern people using their very modern methods and connections to defeat this ancient creepy power. Um, But I feel like, I don't know, it seems like a lot of vampire stories really go the other direction and make them glamorous and sexy and so much so scary because they are not modern and they are, or in some cases, they're very able to use modern weapons and get modern weapons and modern means against people um dracula certainly it mentions from the beginning he understands he quizzes jonathan about oh well what if i wanted to do this what if i wanted two separate solicitors to hire to deal with two separate estates like he very carefully familiarizes himself with the modern world um i don't know i guess that's that's interesting I, i i feel like there's a lot going on and i think stoker kind of gets a bad rep for this book um a lot of people focus on sort of the really obvious of stuff there and um of like oh the really some of the really obvious sexual symbolism which obviously certainly is there but i think there's a little more going on um people were like oh 
you know, I read, again, I read discussions where people were like, well, why would they decide to, you know, why, why would Nina not tell anybody that she was having dreams at one point? Why mm-hmm. did, when she starts having dreams about mist with red eyes, why the heck is she not talking to them? And I'm like, well, because they cut her out. Mm-hmm. And it's very much Dracula using that against them. You know, they were Victorian men and it was a world of separate spheres where you keep the men went out and protected the home and the ladies stayed home and kept the home comfortable and comforted them when they came home. And even though up till then, I mean, again, it's a very sort of funny, dramatic irony moment where even though she's been totally in the middle of it up till now, she is not been shielded from anything up till now they all suddenly randomly decide well we have to protect her she has to be our angel of the home (laughs) and um dracula immediately uses that against them i'm like i and i think very much that stoker was sort of saying look look what happens when you get too set in this in in these mores of oh look and now something terrible is going to happen because she assumes she's just a hysterical worried lady when she yeah. sees mist with red eyes yeah. coming into her room at night so yeah yeah I went on a bit of a tear there but yeah <laughs> no, but I, it's true it I was just thinking talking talking about Mina how um interesting it is that I as far as I can tell she's been the character that's been the most popular in adaptations mm-hmm. or yeah versions of it so she's like it's not jonathan harker who's part of the league of extraordinary gentlemen right like she's she's the one who has tended to be the character who um becomes part of other media that's written about the dracula story yeah um and i I think you're right it's because she's seen she's separate from um like the blokes but that also she's incredibly competent like she's Mm -hmm. not separate because of anything about her She's separate because of the structure. Yeah, right. and it's their decision, and Dracula very much uses it against them. It comes back to bite them, where they're like, oh, oh, look, we gave him a chance to come between us. And he took it. <laughs> I, it comes back to bite them. I love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, see what we did there. Um, yes. Yeah, Mina is like... It's so strange because you have in this book, there are all of these men who are like lined up to defeat Dracula. Um, but the power resides with Mina. Like she's the focus of his obsession and she's basically the means by which his downfall comes. Um, and it's really interesting because you have all of these different sort of stock male characters who are, um, that she sort of has more power than. She's more powerful than yeah. the hunter. She's more powerful than. Van Helsing, she's more powerful than her husband, who is mm-hmm. the first to encounter Dracula and the first to know mm-hmm. like the truth of Dracula. Um, but then, yeah, Mina, like, and Mina is really it's so weird to say this too, because that's actually I named my cat after Mina. Oh, um, nice! <laughs> that's awesome! Well, there we go, you see yeah, she's, she's the one who keeps going. <laughs> yes! I was watching like when I adopted my cat, I was watching, I hadn't named her yet, and I was watching it late at night, fell asleep on the couch, and I woke up and she was like walking along the front of the couch like along the bar, and it looked like she was gliding. <laughs> like, oh, nice. Okay, this is, well, I can't call her Dracula, so she's got to be Mina. Um, nice. That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, she still shows up as a... What's the the latest? She's, was she in Penny Dreadful? Penny Dreadful! Yes! Um, she's, yes. she's everywhere, and she's always like this powerful woman. She's always um, very savvy and intelligent, and... Mm. Yeah. Whereas we remember Jonathan as like a doofus and Van Helsing yeah, as a crank. Yeah, he's kind of like, oh, he's there too. He gets the plot. <laughs> yeah. Tricks. Um... Um, yeah, that's an interesting, I, I love Penny Dreadful so much. It's one of those shows where I'm still not done with it yet because mm-hmm. I like it so much that I'm specifically like taking my time through it. I'm like, okay, I need to slowly work my way through it because it's so delightful and I don't want it to be over. So again, listeners, I think I've plugged it before, but yes, Penny Dreadful is fantastic and delightful. And it also has Mina and vampires. Um, And it's interesting that you guys should mention that because um, she does appear in it, but she's really the only one and they kind of rewrite the Harker family or Mina, oh, Mina entirely, um, and we get like 
her family is a big part of it, her background. She's a completely different character from a completely different background. Uh, but they've kept this name, which I I find interesting. And I would like to hear listeners' thoughts on that. On Because partly it could just be, oh, they are doing other stories, other Victorian monsters. There's Frankenstein, so they have to have Dracula as well. But I... I I think that touches on something you guys mentioned of that Nina, apart from Dracula himself, is very much the, the character who's endured the longest from this and who's mm-hmm. shown up the most. So I'm I'm curious why they might have kept her and why why you guys think that might be, why you think she's really stuck around and stood the test of time the way, say, Abraham Van Helsing or Quincy or Quincy Morris or Dr. Seward haven't or some other character from there. Yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, why why not Lucy? Why Mina? Mm. What about mm. what is it about Mina that's so enduring? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I don't really have an answer in mind. I don't know. I guess what do you guys like about her or find compelling? Well, for me it's a, a little bit of kind of uh, I think Dracula's fascination with her sort of feeds mm. ours. Um mm. You know, is there is there this mystical connection between them, or is it just something that he is imagining? Um, mm. And then the way that she reacts to Dracula, um, and I think it kind of comes out of what you were saying before about um, how she's pushed out by the men, how they're they're leaving her out of everything, and so she's sort of got to make her own way. Um, mm. That's really compelling as well, because you know you don't see that very often, where um, yeah. you know the the character who's the most central um, when they get pushed out or excluded they're generally not women they're generally not married victorian women um mm. And mm. so i don't know i don't know i i don't know why i like her so much yeah readers uh <laughs> you should share your thoughts definitely listeners yeah. please share your thoughts on mina carrie any theories what do you like about mina yeah well, um i think that, i think that you nailed it with this the idea of that she has because she more than any other character kind of has a connection with dracula mm. um and uh, in a very plot relevant way um and i think it's to do with that that he's sort of you know he's the antagonist and it's this very mysterious figure uh and he's really the one who drives the plot but um she like i I think she is much more of the active protagonist than uh than jonathan is she's the one who's kind of taking notes and who's um Mm. collating information and then uh in the in the climax um they have that sort of connection that allows them to that allows the men to um go find dracula Mm. um i think yeah is that she's because she's both very obviously competent but then also there's that little mysterious like ooh, what's going on with this like telepathic weird mystical Mm -hmm. woo-woo thing it's i i think it just makes her a very um flexible character who can both you know competently um arrange uh, a mission but then also there's this sort of supernatural edge that we're not quite sure yeah what, how how that encounter has kind of left her transformed right yeah she rolls with it very well yeah um that's you mentioned somebody it. mentioned you know that she i can't remember which of you it was my apologies but somebody specifically used the word outsider to describe her and i wonder if that's not part of her appeal now as a modern reader you know mm. you she's very much sort of the the person who she's a little bit what we'd like to think we would be of super mm-hmm. competent and yes. figuring things out but she's also very much an outsider so this is all very strange to her and she is kept out in many ways there's a big barrier between her and the men's world um so I wonder if that might not be part of yeah. the appeal now that she's a she's as much she's sort of doubly out of her element in many ways the way you know a modern reader might be. Yeah, that's a good point. And like when you're reading, you're I, well, you know, apologies if any listeners do this, but <laughs> I don't think you're likely to put yourself into Jonathan's shoes. Like he's not <laughs> he's not the character you want to be. In a story like this? Initially, you're like, okay, fine. I, I, for lack of anyone else, I guess I can go with it. Yeah, but then he, he turns out to be, he's not actually the hero of the piece. So, Mm. um, it's a lot harder to, I think, put yourself into those shoes when, as a reader. Um, 
you know, unless what you're looking for is to be the guy who's just sort of watching everything unfold around him. <laughs> oh, Jonathan. <laughs> and take well, getting recipes well, along the way. No, 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 no. No, no. no judgments. <laughs> no judgments. If, you know, personally, I think in real life, that's the character I would be. I'd be like, oh, man, this is terrible. I have to not think about it. Let me get some I'll more recipes. Yeah. I'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like, if I'm looking for adventure, the character I'd want to be is Mina. Yeah. Also, quick word, I have to put in a good word, because I saw somebody, again, in my readings of, like, trying to familiarize myself with sort of some discussion out there and some of the questions that get raised by modern readers. Um, I saw somebody call Quincy Morris the most useless character ever. I was like, no, <laughs> no, no, we're going to have to fight. <laughs> we no. are going to have to fight. Oh, no. no. He is delightful. Shut up. You have a cowboy in the middle of this. What is not to love? Say, I really like the fact that the um, ridiculous accents are not just limited to European foreigners. Yes. To yeah. American foreigners. A cowboy. Um, Fixing the, yeah. And my favorite like the part about the wagon. accents um, is the part where um, there, there's some bits of the novel which are supposed to be uh, dictation into wax cylinders. Yes. And the fact yeah. that there are some of the characters with accents who are being sort of related in the in the cylinder recording, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which kind of implies that the person speaking into the cylinders is is doing these ridiculous over the top accents while they're relating previous conversations they've had. Um, oh, yeah. I find hilarious. <laughs> see, now I would love to see like a radio play or a an audiobook that does that with different actors for different characters, and yeah, including doing Doctor Seward imitating Quincy <laughs> yes. Morris. Yeah, that would be amazing. Oh. Oh, that brings up another important question, one that has haunted me. I would love to see um, a good, like, mini-series, I think. Because I think a movie is not enough time mm-hmm. really yeah. to really do this justice. But I would love to see a mini-series. So, casting. For a long time, my dream was Ian McKellen as Dracula, Ooh. which would be incredible. Um in which case, actually, now I think Patrick Stewart would have to be Dr. Van Helsing. Yes. but uh, <laughs> That's a requirement. I could see Ian McKellen playing either of those. But yeah, obviously, Patrick Stewart would have to be Van Helsing and Ian McKellen would have to be uh, Dracula. But uh, if you guys have casting thoughts, please share. It's hard for me yeah, to unsee. It's interesting and difficult. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, I was just going to say, it's hard for me to unsee Gary Oldman as um, Dracula. Yeah, I it was like I think it was probably I this comes up every episode, but it was like the first time that I'd really seen and paid attention to him, because um, he'd been in movies that weren't really things that I was watching. I was uh, watching first a, thing I remember him from is Air Force One. So oh yeah, that's right. That was that was that after Dracula? I think it was. I think, I think so. I think yeah, Dracula was, was ninety two, and Air Force One was like the mid nineties. Yeah. So um, but he was so like. And I, I think it was the first time that I'd seen a, like a straight Dracula, like not something, not something weird, not some comedy version of, or like, you know, like running <laughs> around. And... Nielsen will always be my Dracula. <laughs> Dracula dead and loving it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but I like the Ian McKellen idea. I think Patrick Stewart would be a good Dracula as well. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I could see that. You know, who I'd really like to see though. This I'm gonna gender bend it a little bit. Maggie Smith. By all means. Ooh, Ooh, interesting. See, I could see her doing either of those as well, actually. Yeah. I could see her doing Van Helsing delightfully. Oh, wouldn't oh she goodness. be great? Yes. Or Dracula. But, oh, now that I think about it, I would love to see Maggie Smith as Van Helsing. Yeah, that... Sarah. Since <sighs> instead of Abraham, she'd have to be Sarah Van Helsing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think the most important thing about whoever you have playing Dracula is that they just have to be, like bizarrely charismatic yeah because he has to sell like a lot of bullshit he has to kind Mm -hmm. of persuade jonathan that like no no it's fine i'm just smashing all of your mirrors don't worry about it yeah have it be believable that jonathan's like i'm sure it's for a perfectly good reason yeah 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 that would be tricky um yeah because that's the main thing and that was I don't know, I don't remember how I came up with the idea of Ian McKellen. It was years ago, but it's haunted me ever since. Um, in a good way, as opposed to my previously mentioned remakes, I fear. Um, 
Because uh, McKellen has both and, sort of uh, the the charisma and um, yeah, I, and I, I want the, someone I think who's not too handsome because mm-hmm. I feel like the yeah. sexy vampire is such. And although Ian McKellen, young Ian McKellen, especially, my goodness, but um, he's not he's not ugly. I would say certainly, but he's mm. not conventionally handsome now. Um, so I feel like you could really get, yeah, he's, but he's got that. But he's charisma. very compelling. He's he just very would. compelling. Exactly. He's so compelling. You'd be like yeah. unable to look away like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. When you explain it like that, sure, it's Gandalf. I mean, mm-hmm. Gandalf is telling me he has to break all my mirrors. What are you going to do? <laughs> Who might argue with Gandalf? What am I exactly? Yeah. You know, come on. I don't know about the rest of them, though. Any thoughts? I'm I'm trying to think. I'm like, ooh. I feel like I would like to see... Um, damn, I'm blanking on her name now. Uh, what I would really like to see is... Um, I, I think this actor is very underrated for comedy and character parts. But uh-oh. I think actually it's one of his greatest um, skills. Um, for uh, Quincy, I think Brad Pitt... Would be oh, yeah, that's funny a good one. Because he's very good at comedy and that kind of dry, oh, but somehow yes. over the top. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, I would really like that. Yeah. I'm sort of Brad thinking of him in like Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. That's a similar brilliant. character who's both very slapstick, but very, in a very dry way. I love that. That's that a is, fantastic yeah, idea. That is absolutely brilliant. I love that. That's great. I'm going to say, Jonathan Harker, I would actually cast the guy who's currently playing Dracula on TV, Jonathan Rhys Myers, because he, I don't know how he did it, but between the writing and him, like, Dracula is boring, like, on that show. I was going to say, I forgot about that show, but I, it sounds like I didn't miss it. No, it's so boring. It's like, he's like, it's the plan, he's going to do the plan of world domination, so it definitely comes from the novel in that way. But the way that he's going to do it, yeah, the way he's going to do it is, like, by, like, investing in futures, like, in the stock market. <laughs> and it's, like... That is the most, like, post-2008 yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that, that actually brings up an interesting point, it's something interesting. Story. You know, there has been, for a while, I remember reading a couple of years, several years ago, um, this thing sort of loose, saying that loosely, if you look at uh, fads in pop culture... Um, Vampires tend to come into fashion when Democrats are in the White House. Oh, that's and interesting. And zombies when Republicans are in the White House. <laughs> and the main phrase I remember is that, you know, it was dur- written during the Bush administration. So this was several years ago. They were like, basically, the sense that our lives are controlled by shambling idiots. <laughs> but um, oh, but with vampires that, oh, you know, they're going to drain you dry and they're sexy, but but dangerous and charismatic and I'm like, oh, basically Bill Clinton is what we're saying. So I'm like, okay, sexy vampires are Bill Clinton. Got it. Thanks. But Does that make, yeah, that's, that make Hillary Mina? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I, I like that. that. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that too. Nice. I would I would read that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, okay kids, remember that. When you have your sparkly vampires, your sexy sparkly vampires, that's Bill Clinton. <laughs> that's Bill Clinton you're thinking about. Just think of that. <laughs> remember that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you said that. I'm like, that was because that was my exact thought too, was exactly what you said, Carrie. That is the most post-2008 thing. Of course, the vampire, because vampires are traditionally the sinister aristocrats. Mm-hmm. is the thing um that's oh, yeah, very yeah. much sort of the the vampire myth is that zombies are scary hordes zombies are scary poor people vampires are scary aristocrats um so that's i'm like oh of course yeah that's totally a post 2008 thing that dracula is going to make lots of money in the stock market of course naturally so do yeah. I imply that the French Revolution is zombies versus vampires? Oh yeah, that's true. There's that's a movie a I want to see. Yeah, that makes sense actually. That would work really well. You know, I would really, I, yeah, I would watch that movie. <laughs> Plus, you know, big dresses. I mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, 
Oh, yeah, man. I love it. That's, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'll just check out of the podcast for the rest of this episode because I'll be <laughs> nice. dreaming of watching that movie. <laughs> Tell us what you're thinking about because that would be great. I would definitely watch that. I, yeah. Um, let me see. I'm thinking, what else? What other, uh, Dracula versions have you enjoyed? Like I said, I'm, I'm rereading the, uh, the historian, which we can talk about at some point, but, um, and Lisa, you mentioned, uh, the 1992 adaptation. Um, I know Nosferatu is on Netflix US anyway. Uh, Carrie, you may be out of one, mm. but um, <laughs> Netflix US at least, Nosferatu is available. And every year, or maybe not every year, but frequently on Halloween, the, um, the A, what is it? AFI Theater in Silver Spring here in DC will do Nosferatu with a live orchestra. Oh. And um, a, so you get the actual silent movie experience. And a couple of my friends went oh, to cool. a couple of years ago and they said it was interesting that it was almost hallucinatory. It was like a dream in many ways, just watching this silent movie that it was very these like painterly still images sometimes and it was that it was very eerie and dreamlike. So I don't know how best you could recreate that experience at home, but certainly you can watch the movie on Netflix. Um, I don't know if there are any other adaptations you guys enjoy. There's actually a, a version of Dracula in a movie called uh, Monster Squad that came out in the 80s. Um, oh. And it has uh, a, Dr. Van Helsing is in it and trying to recruit these young kids to defeat nice. defeat these monsters who are led by Dracula. Um I don't know if it's on if it's streaming anywhere, but I know it's on Netflix DVD subscription and there used to be a DVD you could buy through Amazon and it's um it's you know not a great movie, but it is really cute and it's really interesting right. to see how they sort of repurposed um that's all fun. these different legends for a mid-80s suburban experience. Oh, that's fun. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, this doesn't have to be our rec section. This can also just be our uh, <laughs> random discussions of various interpretations. I mean, like, routine, obviously, so. as someone who really enjoys tacky action films, uh, yes. Van Helsing yes. was yes. amazing. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Is that, I, who's in that? Is that Hugh Jackman um, is in that? Am I remembering right, or am I thinking of something else? No, that's him, I think, isn't it? Okay. Um, yeah, 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 it is. And it has um, Kate Beckinsale in it. Yes. Oh, fun. As uh, some random... In fact, I'm looking at the, Weedy, the Wikipedia entry right now because I can't remember anything about it. <laughs> nice. It was vaguely... Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Are you are you ready for this? Uh-oh. Uh, Kate Beckinsale, who I'm sure everyone will remember as a hero from... Beth Branagh's Much Ado About Nothing. Yes. Plays a character called Anna Valerius. Huh. I'll repeat, <laughs> Anna Valerius, which is a not at all made up name. No. Um, no. Or that of her, her brother, Velkin Valerius. <laughs> nice. I'll repeat, Velkin Valerius. Velkin. Velkin. That's all right. a name. Not That's a name. amazing. Yeah, I, I, enjoyed the film because it just kind of went for it. On all right. the other hand, uh, it was terrible. So... All right. Take your pick. All right. So, yeah. All right. If you're in for, yeah, if you're in for totally embracing the ridiculousness of it and being terrible. Apparently, um, a reboot starring Tom Cruise is in development. No. Which is, I'm very much looking forward to <laughs> no. now Oh, it's going to be the Da Vinci Code with vampires, yes. isn't it? <gasps> Oh gosh! Oh no! Um, and oh. I have to say, I I like um, as we've talked about, sort of um, Mina being becoming a character who is used in general all-purpose like Victorian supernatural adventure mm. stories. Um, and I like the fact that Van Helsing had a film of his own, and I think that reflects the way in which the characters are kind of archetypes, but mm. enough of. Uh, real characters that you can write stories about them properly mm -hmm. um, so that you have this like there's like the vampire hunter Van Helsing and you have the sort of Victorian new woman with a typewriter Mina but that yes. they have enough personality that you're able to write stories about them without having to make them flat yeah they support that kind of narrative yeah yeah 
Oh, let's see. I had a bunch of notes in my my. Hang on, let me get my e-reader. I've got some okay. notes. I have further, one other further... um, anti-wreck. Um, oh yeah. If you're looking for a train wreck of a movie to watch, uh oh. Um, yes. Dr- <laughs> Dracula 2000. Oh yes, <laughs> I was about to mention that myself. With actually. Gerard Butler. Oh no. That's Dracula. One of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. It was amazing. It was just absolutely amazing. I can't even... I read this line from the Wikipedia summary of Dracula 2000. Uh It says, the movie was a critical and commercial disappointment. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Though it gained a cult following. Huh. Parentheses, citation needed. (laughs) I love... I love bitchy citation needed neededs on wikipedia yes one of my favorite aggressive swipes they're uh, great one of my favorites i think my favorite uh citation needed in wikipedia history is probably from the e street fans entry i think about how when they got together again in 2000 for the reunion tour there was little there was no remaining animosity around the breakup citation I'm like, oh, I love it. (laughs) Little segue there. (laughs) Although I would totally watch the E Street Band fighting vampires. Let's. That would be amazing. Yeah. Okay. So like, cast Dracula with members of the E Street Band. Oh God. Oh. Obviously, Dracula has got to be Little Steven. Yes. Okay. A hundred percent. Yeah, it makes. I well. I don't know. (laughs) I. You know, I love me some Little Steven, but is he really compelling? Is um, he really? Does he have that sex appeal? Um, how can you even ask that question? Well, that's true. I do. That I turn back to you. I just didn't want to be the first one to say it. Oh, let's be real. Well, just, is right. he is he wearing the headscarf, or is he wearing right, like okay. the Silvio Dante wig? Is my question because mm, that's very that's important. I think that he starts out wearing the pirate outfit, but then when he comes undercover to London, then he's Silvio Dante's it up. Yes. yes. To Jersey to fit in. It'll have to be Jersey <laughs> instead perfect. of uh, London, probably. I yes, it'll instead of Whitby, it's some like Jersey Shore town. I <laughs> now we're talking. We are. This started as a joke, but I'm actually talking myself. No, I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. I, really, I want to see this. Somebody get Bruce on the phone. We need to get this moving like yes, immediately. Let's, let's do that. So presumably, Bruce would be Van Helsing. He knows the ways. He knows the ways. He does. He does. He does. That would make sense. You'd have to have, I don't know, maybe you could have, who would be Jonathan Harker? You'd have to have some, like, I feel like you could work that with a younger band. Like the Arcade Mm. Fire or Mm -hmm. something. Somebody who's, like, very clearly influenced by Springsteen, but is not of the E Street band. I feel like that could work. Oh, God. Someone, I can't remember the band name. The reason that I'm thinking of this band is that I once went on a really, really terrible OK Cupid date with somebody who was trying to convince me that if I liked Bruce Springsteen, I would like this new band more. Uh-oh. Okay. The whole more? Oh, all right. That I sounds familiar. Nothing, I have no idea about anything about the hold study except that this one guy was really insistent <laughs> that if I heard them, I would like them better than Bruce Springsteen. To which I was like, "What? That's I don't an know. Interesting perspective. He lost me at anything better. I don't. What? What? <laughs> so I, I will happily accept some member of this band that I know nothing about as Jonathan Harker. What? That's weird. I was actually just thinking. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it. I think it was Sam tweeted a link to um, a music video some country guy whose song is just called springsteen probably oh that i think i know who that is but I'm... and i feel very strongly about it <laughs> but i'm lie. blanking on who that might be um <laughs> it sounds familiar but i i'm blanking on who but that like be. the whole video is he's just talking about like this moment where they were listening to springsteen and he like walks around <laughs> and he like steals all these like moves and looks and poses it's very strange but he would be a really good all right he could be renfield actually yes Yes, i like that i like that oh let's see i also had oh let me see now i'm just going through my notes in my copy of dracula (laughs) um yeah let's see I, it's funny that you mentioned Dracula 2000. That 
Oh, that was <laughs> that is bad. It's I was like, so oh, bad. this is not good. And it was this like, is not good. It was in the era of Gerard Butler where you thought that he was going to be like something really big, like yeah, where he was on the cusp of being a thing. Yeah, and, and like so, I was watching everything that was that he was in that came out, and I got to that, and I was like, oh. Maybe, <laughs> maybe this isn't gonna happen the way that we thought it was gonna happen. Oh, oh it's interesting it was... that he played both Dracula and the Phantom of the Opera, who's mm-hmm. basically oh, like a shit true. Dracula. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. With bad music. Yeah. I mean, because uh, you know, the the thing with um the Phantom of the Opera and Christine is kind of like um Dracula and Mina, which right. is weird. Like, there's a boring fiance for her, but they have this kind of connection that's then used to destroy him. That's then true. Angelaide Weber comes along and makes a shit musical. Oh, oh, a shit musical that I love. <laughs> <laughs> I have no strong feelings it's, about Phantom of the I, Opera whatsoever. My strong whatsoever. feelings about it are that the score was done by like a Casio keyboard. Yeah. Thank you. She's nice. not wrong. Nice. Amazing. I also I can... secretly love it, which is how I'm able to still sing the score, but <laughs> I right. also appreciate that it's, it's shit. Yeah, All it right. is shit. Fair enough. Absolute shit. Uh, let's see. That reminds... Oh, of course. I can't believe we haven't mentioned this one yet, this in, this uh, adaptation. Buffy versus Dracula. Mm. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Also a very important one. Um, I meant to rewatch it and have not yet so i'm gonna have to get around get to that at some point uh in the lead up to uh halloween itself um because it's a lot i remember it being a lot of fun and uh even though it's sort of you see the beginning of season five when everything kind of went to shit in many ways on that show you also have a lot of the really delightful some of the really delightful interactions and early moments um, from... And I think my memory of that episode, which again, like you, I haven't watched in a while, is that, um, like we were talking about earlier, it's just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just very funny, and it's high energy, and the pacing is very quick. Yeah, yeah, which in, in many ways I think is very true. You know, I was just, um, I mean, I was just sort of browsing through the notes on my Kindle, and it was like... Uh, I mean, there's this one scene where, you know, they realize they've left Mina alone and they they find, you know, the, what's his face, the mental patient. Um, why am I blanking on its name? Renfield. Renfield. Yeah, they find him, like, with his back broken and dying and he makes them realize that Dracula's been trying to distract him while he's preying on Mina. And they, mm-hmm. like, run up to the room and they all lean against the door trying to break it down and... As they're all, all three of them are throwing themselves against it, the door breaks open and they all fall into the room. And I think my note in my Kindle is actually, that's some Three Stooges shit right there. (laughs) I mean, yeah, there's a lot of just physical comedy. There's one moment, and Carrie, I'm sure you're familiar with this, um, as someone who reads a lot of Shakespeare and is very familiar (laughs) with that, there's this line where, oh, um, Oh, after lunch, Harker and his wife went back to their own room, and as I passed a while I, ago, I heard the click of a typewriter. They are hard at it. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> I they dirty. Are. I bet they are. I'm just like, that's, like, there's some really obvious sexual symbolism in there, obviously, of, you know, driving the stake through the heart. Yeah. Um, but, and, you know, and there are scenes where I'm like, like the one where Mina is recounting the story of how she fed, how Dracula was feeding from her and, oh, he held my mouth until, to the wound until I must either die or swallow some of his, oh God, what have I done? I'm like, that's dirty. <laughs> that's that's so dirty. <laughs> that's the yeah. thing. I'm like, people really, that's the, and on the one hand, it gets some like crap for that because it's, oh, obviously it's about, People tend to sort of write it off, I feel like, as like, oh, obviously it's about repressed Victorians. I'm like, not really, because they would have gotten that. Yeah, they would have gotten, these are dirty overt. jokes. I think what um, 
to me, I, yeah, like you say, I think those were definitely intentionally funny. Like you say, yeah, they are dirty jokes. Like, it's not sort of, oh, he didn't realize what he was saying. Isn't this funny for us to look back on mm -hmm. now and mm -hmm. laugh about it? It's like, those were on purpose. No, that's mm -hmm. the point. You're supposed yeah. to think that's um, dirty. And I think the the other sort of jokes that I really like, or I guess they're, they're um, narrative jokes, but the fact that there's just so much... Um, like bureaucratic faffing mm. around mm -hmm. that um mm -hmm. the bit where sort of dracula's come over on this boat and he's killed everyone on the boat and it's very mysterious but the reason the way that they find out about that is is very you know they have to talk to the harbor master mm -hmm. and they have to look through the ship's records and there's a lot of sort of looking at like railway timetables and looking <laughs> at like it's it's a very um the the action is very bureaucratic and very sort of paper there's a lot led. of the everyday yeah. in there there's a lot of well. there's a lot of yeah re like research and not sort of the exciting you know oh but i've just discovered that vampires are allergic to garlic but research in the sense of yeah oh yes what time does the train leave from king's cross to get me yeah time? yeah the train schedules is, is, are like, delightful intentionally funny yeah of, and it's interesting that you mentioned that like i said i've been rereading um the historian and I love that, um, you know, there's one point where she mentions, oh, well, because I don't want it to be swarmed with tourists and it doesn't, I don't want this city to be known for these things. I'm going to use it, the name, the give it the name the Romans would have, Imona. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's Liubliana. I, I have no idea how to pronounce that, but Liubliana, yeah, let's I say. So. Um, and it's, but I found that out by googling and i'm like oh that is just a brilliant way of sort of drawing you into this book which is very much about research and uncovering secrets of the past and there's a an awful lot of that of trying to research this and following these leads in this little archive somewhere um but i'm like that's a brilliant way to draw the reader in by saying i'm gonna call it this but leaving enough clues for the reader to go Google and say, okay, Roman city in this country uh, called Roman's name Imona, and finding yeah, out, it oh. It encourages you to do the same kind of research that yeah, Jonathan and Mina were having to do. Yeah, it really draws you in that way. It's really striking. Uh, let's see, I think that's, I don't know, I... I could ramble for a bit longer but obviously i we i i'm sure lisa has football to get to so we can we can wrap it up if necessary for priorities, priorities 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 yes um i guess we can do recommendations we've sort of talked about some already but if anybody has anything they would actually like to recommend by all means um lisa i guess if you've got any can start and then carry um let me think i guess i just would recommend the francis ford coppola version of dracula the 1992 um it was on netflix but it, they took it away um in october Ooh. which is a terrible move but you can Ooh. you can get it from uh <laughs> google play and it's also in itunes i actually just rented it from itunes again last night um so that would be my recommendation and of course reading the novel especially if you've if you've never read it before, it is really delightful. It's um, it is yeah yeah it's, it's a, a lot more fun in an epistolary yeah, format. I think that that would be my main actual recommendation is that I think a lot of people think it's very sort of plodding and very Victorian and very gothic, and it is all of those. I mean, it's Victorian and gothic, but it is it's just a really quick read. It's really mm -hmm. funny, and the tension is um actually tense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd throw in that plug. Um, again, I've mentioned all these before, but uh, Elizabeth Costava's The Historian um, is a fantastic follow-up if you're looking for something to read after you finish Dracula. Um, and, um, and of course, Penny Dreadful, obviously. I, yes. I can't go an episode without recommending that, <laughs> clearly. Um, and I th Happy Halloween, I guess. Let me... Uh, Let's see. Let me do uh, outros. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Lisa is at OCFarer, O-H-S-E-A-F-A-R-E-R. Carrie, you are at, uh, and Lisa, sorry, I missed. Lisa's at OCFarer on Twitter. And what was your internet site? It's lisashininger.com. 
Lisa, Sh- I one day I'll remember that. <laughs> I have no idea. It's it's so simple, but yeah, um, one day I'll remember. So uh, you can find Lisa at ocfarer.com and on. Uh, sorry, I'm trying too much. There. It's almost as if we have been drinking for like an hour. So almost. <laughs> uh, you can find Lisa it's not on like that. Yeah, <laughs> but almost. almost like that. I don't know why. But Lisa, you can find Lisa on Twitter at OCFarer and online. Her website is lisashininger.com. Carrie, you are, what's your Twitter? I'm Carrie Polka. Uh, right. Carrie as in the county Carrie and Polka as in uh, a polka dance. And you are online. Your website is Plains, Trains, and Plantagenets. And That's is correct. that .com or? It is .com. .com. Like all the okay. cool kids. Like all the cool kids who are .com. Plains Trains and Plantagenets.com and on Twitter at Carrie Polka. And I am on Twitter at Jules Has Tweets, as always. And uh, please do join us on our join us on Twitter, talk to us, share your thoughts on Dracula. Uh, check out our website at uh, realbossybritches.com. And by all means, please do download us from iTunes, recommend us, tell your friends, like us on Facebook, all that good stuff. Please, uh, if you, if you like us, obviously, I don't want to <laughs> hold you to anything. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Well, th- thank you very much for having me. Oh, yeah, thanks yeah, for coming thank on. Thank you for joining us, <laughs> Carrie. We were really glad to have you. Uh, hopefully we'll, uh, talk to you again. Yes. Future. Excellent.